everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Niche on Niche. I am Shane. Welcome. Uh, for those who are just listening and tuning in, thank you for listening. We we continue to thank you for, for pressing play. Um, unfortunately, today, I do not have Rachel and Derek here with me. I apologize. Stay on, though. Continue to listen. Uh, we have some <laughs> great content here for you today. Uh, if you haven't listened, uh, Rachel and Derek have just released uh, their last series on council or couple counseling. Uh, definitely take a listen to that. But the reason why they're not here today is because they're getting ready for their wedding, which is this weekend. And they have a lot of things they got to do. So they said, hey, Shane, you it is you by yourself. And I said, all right, <laughs> let's do it. So hopefully, um, hopefully we provide some great content for you here today. Uh, today, we're doing something a, little, something a little different. I actually have a guest on here that uh, is not actually associated with our church. Uh, he's associated with the church. So that's mm-hmm. a plus. But uh, I'm sure I'm sure maybe you've seen him at Miramonte, maybe you've seen him at Mountain View Academy here or there. Uh, but today's guest is actually Timothy Oliver. If you didn't know, he uh, does the music for our podcast. So if you've listened to the intro and outro, uh, hopefully you haven't skipped it. But Tim Timmy's Timmy's the one who has actually composed all of that. But Timmy, say what's up to the podcast if you can. What's up, fam? I hope y'all are doing well. I'm super stoked to be on here, and yeah, I will take it like as a very personal attack on me if you skip those intros and outros because i put blood sweat and tears into those i'm just kidding that's just a joke please laugh uh, but timmy it's great to have you on uh we we were planning this actually for quite a while i think uh, like a few months because you know timmy has a good mic i have a good mic and i was like timmy, <laughs> we, i was like we we gotta have you on and that's literally uh, the only reason it's because we both yeah. have mics that we could do this with <laughs> Yeah, not because you're an interesting person or anything. No, no, of course not. It's all about the equipment, right? That's what makes success is what you have, not who you are or what you do. (laughs) I know, going against the grain on what every content creator says, right? (laughs) Exactly. I don't believe them. (laughs) But yeah, so for those who don't know, me and Timmy, actually, we worked worked for a year together at uh, Mountain View Academy. So shout out to MVA. Woo! But um, now Timmy is actually at Kettering, um, but I'm going to have Timmy just kind of share everything kind of about about that. So I don't want to get too much. I don't want to spoil everything. <laughs> uh, so, Timmy, if you can just share about kind of uh, you can just share about you don't have to share about everything. You don't have to give us your your life's work or your autobiography oh, or anything like that. I mean, we, that could be saved for another time. Or you can check out Timmy's YouTube channel. Yeah, there you go. He, he shares a lot of tidbits there. Uh, but Timmy, if you can just share about maybe kind of what led you to Kettering. Sure. Yeah. And, and yeah, all of that for sure. Okay. So like Shane said, we worked together at Mountain View and for two years I was there at the interview though, before I got there, I remember the principal saying something to a question I asked. And the question was, what hole am I filling at the school? Cause I already had a chaplain, a perfectly great one. Like, like also Tim, he was, Oh, he was awesome. But (laughs) So I was like, okay, so what hole am I filling? And his response to me was, you're not filling a hole we're just adding you okay that's great for job security thank you so much so uh that happens right two years later tuition is down because attendance is down because i don't know i don't know science behind that stuff but anyway so ultimately my job was like the first to go so i had to look for something new and I looked for youth pastor positions and stuff. I didn't really want to go and get my master's immediately right then and there. 
I just kind of wanted to find something else maybe before I moved to my master's. And I found an internship, which to me, I was thinking, okay, I have a full-time job. When I first heard about it, I was kind of thinking in my head, ha ha, Ohio, what is that? Ha ha, Kettering, what is that of what is that? Uh, like, okay. Um, but it ended up being a perfect fit. I'm so glad. I learned so many lessons from that. And from that experience, though, it translated into me getting a full-time job at the same church that I am now currently at as the worship and media pastor. I guess they liked what I did or something with the youth and decided, hey, if, if I mean, if you want to, why don't you do that for the whole church? Or, and so I said, yeah, and uh, here I am. Awesome, yeah. And I think for those who don't know, uh, Timmy is just like this ultra super creative person. Uh, he does music. He does video, <laughs> video creating. Uh, he does photography. I mean, the list goes on. Oh right. man, you're, you're, you're bumping me up so much right now. I don't you know. know the list I feel goes uncomfortable. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And he, and he, and he can rock a mean beard too, you know? Hey, <laughs> let's go. Let's go. I've been working on this thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I guess, um, I guess before we get into kind of the church aspect of it, um, what, what I guess led you into content creating that, that, you know, Kettering actually kind of caught on to that. They're saying like, oh, okay, this guy can actually do this as work for us. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I mean, all my life, I I loved making movies. And I would always try and reel in my friends. And we'd always try to do these things. One time I tried to make a great controversy movie when we were like 12. And that didn't actually work. Although we did start it. And it was really epic. And then I lost all the footage because I didn't really know how to save things. So that was like a big rip for me. <laughs> and uh, besides that, like uh, in college, I, my my freshman year, I joined. Um, oh, man, my brain. Okay, let, me, let me think real quick. OK, growing up freshman here. OK, yeah, cool. So what led me into content creating, I guess, is is really I don't know a time when I wasn't creating ever since my mom had a camera that I could use. I'd make Playmobil stop motion films and Lego stop motion. and I make great controversy movies with my friends and alien movies with these weird pillow things growing up into college. I continued that process. I started investing in my own gear and then in my first job uh, at Mountain View and in Sunnyvale Church. I, I created stuff there as well. Uh, it wasn't part of my job description. It was just something that I had a passion for and leading to here in my intern year. Once again, it was like I was kind of designing my own, my own, um, I was designing my own job description with this stuff. I was, I was making, uh, I was making a lot of video stuff. I was making a lot of video content for the youth group and and then the church saw that and was like hey that's that's pretty good like we could use some of that and so i was like okay and so i did that and you know less than six months into my job all of a sudden bam the pandemic hits and i think maybe if people didn't really know why i was here hopefully this this uh um <laughs> Hopefully they know now. Yeah, exactly. It's like ho hopefully, <laughs> hopefully there's a reason now. Yeah, and let's. I mean, that's what I wanted to kind of talk about is because you know because of this pandemic, I think it hit a lot of churches whether they are super uh, invested in online worship already, or if they had, or maybe there's some churches that still do like one computer and one projector, right? Sure, sure, yeah. And a lot of churches pro probably are probably struggled in the beginning to do some sort of online kind of service right mm -hmm. uh and so you know share about kind of that whole uh transition from 
like you said, you got that job, right, in like January or something like that, right? In the beginning of the year. I got, well, technically it started in August. Okay. So, and. Wait, August, May, June, July. I can't do, I can't do months. (laughs) So pretty much almost a year ago. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, you're right. Over a year. Yeah. So I guess what. What was that? Was there a big difference once the pandemic hit? I mean, apart from social distancing and all that stuff, but was there a major shift in how you were focusing on different works? Because I know, I know when you were interning there, you were just doing a little bit of, uh, like, little little like short clip videos of like mm-hmm. devotionals, yeah. and and maybe some worship things. But um, kind of what, what kind of shifted for you in your ministry? there as the mm-hmm. worship and media pastor. Yeah, so uh, worship and media. So f- on, on paper, it's 50-50, but really in real life, it's more like 75-75. <laughs> if you know what I mean in ministry, if you've ever done ministry in your life, then like testify, that's just life. Uh, accept it or do something different. So basically, I, uh, I, I was doing a lot with the worship stuff. We started, uh, that's not really the conversation in this context though, but we were doing a lot of movement forward from where we were. It was kind of like a ground zero plug and play into doing clicks and and actually thinking through the songs before we did them and having rhyme and reason to everything we were doing with that. So there was a lot of focus on that, building up that program. But the media side, we were starting a building project where we are creating a children's wing and a new worship center. And so I was making videos to promote that as well making some bumpers for sermon series and stuff like that. So like it was, it was busy work, but nothing close to what happened after the pandemic began. We had a live, we had a live stream team, a lot of tech individuals who were super helpful when we'd been in person. And then all of a sudden, bam, nobody can come to church. Nobody can come out of their houses. Everybody has to stay home unless, you know, you're, you're one of those people who actually has a job that requires you to be out of your house and it's essential. <clears throat> so I, in the context of church and separation of church and state, you know, have the privilege to actually continue on my work outside of my house. And I was one of the few people in this world that was able to actually do that. And so I, with the camera in my hand, we started creating the church services prior to Sabbath morning. So everything we do is pre-recorded, but that also means we get to put more intentionality behind the work and and think more through what is happening and make the transition smoother and all that fun stuff and make it more cinematic. So it's more engaging to an online audience. Cause I don't know about you. I'm going to be honest right now. If I was not making this stuff, I would not be watching church probably almost every week. I'm going to be honest. I'm a pastor and I'm saying that it's just boring to me. It's like, okay, well the value really isn't in the church service. It's, it's in the community. Like I could do Bible study on my own. If I want to watch a message, then I'll just, I guess I'll watch it. Uh, but like, it's kind of boring. Um, and so I'm going to be flat out honest. It's like my question then coming from that context is, okay, how do we make this interesting to make it valuable to people who are stuck at home with my mentality? How do we actually create something where people will be engaged and, and look forward to the following week? That's kind of where I'm at. And I think, uh, for those who haven't like, I think, and I think with the pandemic, it allowed a lot of people to kind of just, um, outsource to a lot of other churches that maybe they haven't heard of or anything like that maybe because their church was lacking in an online service because like Mm -hmm. you said like it's all community like church is community based right yeah you go to the church you want to go because mainly of the people that are there yeah yeah absolutely 
I mean, there are a few that go because of maybe they like that pastor better or anything like that. But uh, for the most part, it is community based, right? Because you want to go with people that you're going to be able to hang out with, right? Right, right. Um, and so I think what's great about, or I mean, I guess maybe not great, but, you know, I, I think the online services, a lot, of, a lot of people to kind of just like look at different services. And what's cool is like, because you've been working at Kettering, I, I think I've seen your kind of the evolution, the growth <laughs> of, of, of like your online worship presence. Yeah, yeah. Because I remember it would live stream. I remember the live streams that would happen. And it, it was kind of like a basic, <laughs> it was kind of like a basic, like there was different angles, right? Different yeah. camera angles. I mean, our main like camera was like, di- the pixels were dying in it. You can see black spots within <laughs> the screen. And then our side cameras are basically like um, security cameras. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> so janky. It, it's crazy to see kind of the growth in, 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 in your work, your team's work and all that. And how now it's, like you said, it's very cinematic mm-hmm. and there's different, there's different angles. Uh, you know, it's very crispy, like what yeah. people want to say. Right. Yeah. And, and what's great is like, there's content within kind of all of all the hard work within the media side of it, mm-hmm. right. With the content creation of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if you guys haven't yet, if, or people who are listening, definitely check out Kettering SDA on YouTube and, and check out the hard work that Timmy, I would say Timmy and his team, but Timmy puts in a lot of the work. <laughs> Just- well, I, I got to speak to that, though, real quick. Like, yeah, I, I am the producer every week and I'm I'm primarily doing a lot of the filming and stuff. But I got to say, I could not do this without a team. I got a guy who's standing right beside me. His name is Alan. He does all of the audio work. He's there almost every recording, but he is always, always, always mixing the sound and taking out the unwanted like hummings and the beeps and the accidental noises in the background and this guy is a guru when it comes to audio if he was not doing that i don't know how we would be accomplishing this like we're doing and then like for the worship music and stuff with the bands and stuff there's like there's a a few other guys that have been coming on board to do the uh, um the videoing instead of me and like so one of the things we're trying to focus on is how do we not take step backward when we go back to church in person like, how do we carry this momentum forward to our future? And so that's one of the goals right now is to build a team while we can, while this is the focus right now of all churches, most churches right now, I guess a lot of them are opening and take it to the future when we're in person. Yeah. And I, I think speaking on kind of your last statement there, right, taking it to the future. And so what do you because you're just so heavy into that space mm-hmm. uh what what do you think is the future on like church services like because we've been stuck in online services and whatnot uh-huh. now, do you feel like maybe i don't know for your church do you feel like having online service that way has created more i don't know community or, I, I mean i don't i don't know how hard it is to create community within an online service but do you feel like <laughs> do you feel like happening. maybe yeah do you feel like there was growth or do you feel like people are still yearning for uh actual church service like what what do you feel like is the future within online because i've heard a lot of pastors say like you know i think the future in the church is to just go fully online mm, right mm. but but you know i think everyone has a different take on that and yeah. for someone that is in who is a media worship pastor what is your kind of take on all that sure yeah no i um i would disagree with those pastors a hundred percent i am fully confident that uh at least in my experience in my realm 
of influence in my community. We took a survey recently about how the online experience is going for our church. And there was one to 10 was like, one was, oh, this is the worst. And 10 is like, this is better than sliced bread, period. Like, I don't even need a bagel and toast and cream cheese in the morning. Like, just give me church. Like, this is great. You know, that's 10 for you. And it was, I would say on average, the answer was about eight. But a lot of the people that put high numbers, <laughs> they would put a disclaimer in the comments and say, well, it's really great, but it's not for me. Or the content in, in, the, in the video is like amazing, but it's not church for me. Um, I'm missing the community. I'm missing the people. I'm missing the engagement. I'm missing singing together in person. I'm missing this. I'm missing that. And really, at the end of the day, the core of what church is and what it always has been, and now I think is coming to light for more and more people and making it more and more real, is that church is not a show. It's not a sermon. It's not music. It's nothing. none of that. It's Christian community. It's fellowship. It's coming together and worshiping God in the same space and, and just being together. It's the it's it's the redemptive experience or the the worship experience is, is not just vertical. It's horizontal. It's not just between you and God. It's between you, God, and each other. That's what the Christian walk is. And I think people are realizing that more and more. And that's why I don't believe that online church is the future because people are craving connection and you have a hard time connecting online. That's just the reality. Like you and I are FaceTiming right here. This is great. Like while, while we're doing this podcast, but it's not the same as being in person. There's some sort of synergy. There's some sort of connection that happens when you're face to face that you just don't get when it's online watching some experience that other people are doing and you're just kind of sitting there in your pjs and drinking your hot chocolate disclaimer i love waking up later on sabbath mornings and having zero obligations as a pastor i know that's the future of my life for sabbath and i am not looking forward to that like i'm just being real that's my honest truth anyway but yeah but, i mean let's be real like i think once the pandemic is over you will probably get better sleep on friday yeah. nights <laughs> that is true you of all people yeah. would know that yeah for <laughs> those who don't know timmy he he like he said he produces all the all of the all of the worship service that goes online and this guy is working till like <laughs> 5 6 a.m in the morning on sabbath it's true it's true and and he he like he finishes it up loads it in and it's crazy because he's not even just working it all on friday he's like working it through the whole week <laughs> but but without a doubt he's like like i think but i think lately you've kind of gotten it down where you're finishing like at one or two a.m in yeah. the morning right yeah like you haven't had a six a.m in the Oh man, lately, I'm, right? Yeah, no, I'm feeling good about that, man. I'm getting it down to a T. And hopefully this week too again. Like I'll I'll hopefully be done before midnight on Friday night. But yeah, for real. <laughs> well, there you go. But so like so I had a question on because you know, you, you said you had that survey. Were were ages put into that survey? Did people yeah. share with them their age? So I'm curious about kind of like the young adult space on that. Cause I think, mm -hmm. I think with online services, I think young adults or young professionals, I mean, young adults is such a vague term, right? Cause I think 40 year olds think they're young adults still, uh, don't want to offend any <laughs> 40 year olds, but sometimes they think yeah. they think they are right. So yeah, yeah. You know, young adults, young professionals, um, I'm curious kind of what their response was. Cause I think before pandemic, I think you did see a lot of young adults, young professionals, uh, kind of take, an online service over waking up earlier to go to church. Sure, sure. Right. 
Mm-hmm. I think maybe because like they're just too fed up from the work week or mm-hmm. too tired. They'd rather, like you said, be in their PJ sip hot chocolate <laughs> and and watch an online service, right? And I think yeah. a lot of my friends would do that, right? They're saying, oh, like, oh, today I just like sat around and I watched Crosswalk, mm-hmm. right? That was before the pandemic hit. Sure. Um, and so kind of with your survey, I know it doesn't speak for all of America or all, all of, you know, the world, but I'm curious kind of what like the young adult, young professional-ish age kind of response was that. Yeah, no, I, I would say for sure that like a majority of people in this age range varied from like under 18 to over 75. Um, and a majority of everybody from every age group, I would say, is speaking the same thing. We It's just not church. Now, granted... That's only a pool of people. It was a large pool of people, but it is only a pool of people within the context of this larger community that didn't all take the survey. I have had face-to-face conversations where some people are saying, I'm loving it. We're experiencing Sabbath in a new way we never have before. And the idea of being able to access church whenever you want to during the day and not have to do it at a certain time is great for some people. Some people are going on weekend adventures and doing this or doing that when before they didn't really have that as an option in their head because church kind of limits you to what you can do in a weekend. But I would say the vast majority misses it. And and I would say also, I think, like scratch that, I know that people will prioritize whatever they find to be a value to them in life. And if that make, means waking up at 6 a.m. to go do basketball on Tuesdays and Thursdays, or that means waking up at 9 a.m. or 10 a.m. to go to church on a Saturday or a Sunday morning, they're going to make sure that it happens. They're going to wake up and they're going to go. But if it's not valuable to them, if they're not finding meaning there, then why would you go? There's only 24 hours in a day, seven days a week, and I only have X amount of time to give to myself. And so if there's no meaning there, if there's no value there, I'm not going to go. And I would say, don't go. Don't. So I would wonder if that's more of a culture issue than it is a person or a system issue. Um, And maybe issue is the wrong word, too. Because I truly believe that church can become a place where people are excited to go to and wake up early to if they want to. But it, you just got to create value for them. And I heard recently from a professor, I'm, I'm taking seminary online classes right now. Uh, a professor was saying how, and I, I don't have the resources for this. I asked him for it. He's like, oh, you can find them online. I was like, oh, thanks. But what he said is people find value in the things that bring them joy. And if something doesn't bring them joy, they're not going to find value in it. And if they don't find value in it, they're going to stop putting time into it. And if they don't put time into it, well, obviously you lost them. So think about church. Does church bring you joy? If it doesn't, well, you're probably not going to be going there for very long unless you're feeling guilty and obligated and life is just going to suck every Saturday morning, which I hope that is not your life. But that may be the reality of some people's lives. Yeah. And I think, yeah, I think that's kind of like the crux of it, right? It's Mm -hmm. does it bring joy? And I think it's kind of hard to call people out on that. I guess. Well, I mean, then again, it's like, well, do, I'm doing do, it. Is that, is, I mean, is that, is that like our job to call them out? Like, if they're not coming out to church, are you, but I guess that's our obligation to find out like why, yeah, right? Why, why, why doesn't it bring you joy? Or mm-hmm. what, what can we do better to make it seem, uh, you know, enticing? But you brought up culturally, mm-hmm. right? 
Sure. Could you kind of expand on what you meant by culturally? Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, I mean, okay, I'm just going to have a disclaimer here. I don't know all the answers. And what I'm saying is just from my own personal experience. So, no, 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 no. You, you but, know all the answers. Oh, yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. Yeah, yeah, that's, 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 right. Why, that's why you're I here. Bet. That's why you're Th- here. Thanks for reminding me. Yeah, no, no, no. So um, my, my thought is like with culture, you know, are you creating a space for connection and authenticity and learning? Are people learning? Are people connecting? And are they feeling valued there? Are they seen? Um, and and I, I would say a lot of places, a lot of churches don't emphasize the importance or the value of young adults. Uh, and, and a lot of people might say, you know, you're wrong. Well, okay, in word maybe, but what about in action? What are you guys doing? What are you actually trying to do to bring in the people that you keep talking about wanting to bring in? A lot of people are afraid to do change, to make change, to to try something new or uncomfortable because it's not familiar that's anybody in any age range and the reality is until we try something new or do something different i'm not so sure there's going to be a lot of change that happens because change means change i don't know if that makes sense but that's kind of some of my thoughts no i mean that makes total sense and i think change is like the hardest thing to do at church right i think i think especially with churches that have done the same thing over and over again Mm -hmm. it's hard to do even like a little change right yeah to even just to even just say like hey let's just how about we do the welcoming here instead (laughs) of there right even even like that that little change it can still be hard for a church that continues to do the same thing over and over Uh again because they say oh this works sure sure right and i think a lot of churches get stuck in the whole it works Mm -hmm. let's um we can continue doing it right yeah it's not broken so don't fix it yeah that's right if it ain't broke don't fix it right that's the saying (laughs) and i think but i think um like the growth of kind of your your church's online presence mm-hmm. kind of shows what change can do, right? The, mm. the kind of the the magnitude of change can take place. Cause mm-hmm. like you said, you you guys were doing like live streaming, but it was like dead pixels. Yeah, <laughs> it, was, yeah. it was like it was like security cameras, <laughs> like a security <laughs> camera view, right? To yeah. this whole to this whole like hill song-ish music video. <laughs> with, <laughs> right? With we're trying, we're know, trying. Yeah. And <laughs> And I think that that wouldn't have happened if some if people weren't down for change. Yeah. Right. And I think a lot of people are scared of change, scared mm-hmm. to change, because maybe 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 they're not willing. Right. I think mm-hmm. that takes the big thing right there. I think a lot of people, even myself, right? I think with change takes action, right? Yeah. And I think yeah. I think a lot of times we're just lazy to take action. Mm. Right. Mm. And I think Right. And I, that's yeah. speaking from experience. Right. I'm, I'm, you can attest to that. I'm sure a lot of people in ministry can attest to that. For like, sure. We want to we want to take action. But, you know, we're we're kind of lazy in that sense because we're like we're doing all this other work yeah. here. And like I said, it's working. Right. If it ain't broke. Don't fix that. <laughs> yeah. It's the old couch. It's your grandmother's couch. It's like you don't want to get rid of that because that was my grandmother's and that's valuable to me. That's sentimental. There's no theological implications or or anything or no salvific issues about it. It's just I like it because it was my grandma's. 
well, at the end of the day, practically speaking, is that really actually bringing value to you and what you're trying to accomplish? And it all starts with the values. It all starts with the values. What are you valuing as a church, as a community, as an individual? And that should be directing your path to what you're trying to accomplish in life. And if it means let's bring in young adults, let's bring in youth, let's do this, let's do that, let's let's be the change in our community. Well, what does your community need? What do young adults need? Not only want, but what do they need? And and a lot of times honest to honest honest to goodness truth a lot of people don't want to do those things because half of the people are going to hate you and half the people are going to love you but you're going to create some friction any change hurts change hurts period you have to accept that before you try it otherwise you're going to give up and um yeah so i agree with the laziness like even myself there's plenty of opportunities that i've had to try and do something different or change something here or there and every time i've attempted it I've never regretted it, but every time I haven't, because I'm afraid of what the implications are going to be, yeah, I've regretted it. I'm like, wow, why didn't I do that sooner? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think the whole friction thing is so huge because I think, especially, I don't know about like there in Ohio, because mm-hmm. I know like Kettering is probably the biggest church in that area, right? That, yeah, Adventist church, yeah. Yeah, the biggest Adventist church. And, you know, like here in the Bay, there's so many Adventist churches in the area, right? Sure. Uh, and, but... A lot of the churches here are multi-age. I don't even know if that's the right term. Right? Yeah, I got but, you. <laughs> but everyone from their mother to their grandmother mm-hmm. goes, like, they usually attend a church. And I feel like with those churches are the churches that with young adults and all that, like, you don't really see the growth within those communities, right? Because like you said, friction. Mm-hmm. There's, uh, there's, there's give and take. Um, and maybe your grandmother won't like it but your grandson will love it. Yeah. But but they don't want that friction, right? Yeah. Because grandma, grandma's been going there for 30 plus years. Right, right. right. And I, but I think where you see growth within young adults and in the church is when you have like young adult-centric churches, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And they're like all over SoCal. I think in the Bay, I've like looked it up and there's a lot of Sunday churches that are very young adult-centric, mm-hmm. right? They're, they're providing that space. They're providing... Uh, you know, that, that, that want, that need for yeah. that specific group. And I think you're spot on on the whole give and take situation is like, is that, is that something our churches should be doing though? Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. should we cause that friction because we want a space for them? Or should, should we just say like, Hey, you know what? Just go find a church that, you know, will give that, even though there's no, true maybe there's not a space for them Mm -hmm. in the area right yeah i i guess i have a thought to that actually something recently that came to mind was was the idea of the body of christ right when we talk about we are the body of christ the one thing we think about is i think of it in the context of my kettering avenist church context or i think of the avenist world church context or i think of the christian context where all the body of christ you and me i think of it individually i do not think of it typically organizationally or church-wise. And something that came to mind recently is our church is like no other church around here. There's another church just down the road called Centerville. Their church is like no other church around here. There's another church in other places like Hamilton. That church is like no other church around here. Every church has its own unique flavor. And I think that's an awesome and beautiful thing because that means if somebody comes to Kettering, they're like, hey, this is not my vibe. Then we can say, well, I'm so glad that you came and you expressed this because just down the road, we have something that you actually might feel more connected to over there. 
Maybe that language of worship will speak more to you and fill you up a little bit more. Maybe you can serve in a better capacity over there. And, and the point being is I've been thinking more and more about the body of Christ, not just being as individuals as, as us, but as churches, individual churches. It's like each church serves a specific community and a specific function. Like we, we all have cars now. We can, we have driving distance of abilities to go here and to go there. Like in the Bay Area, even you have so many different church options to go to. And so why are we all trying to be the same thing? to the same people why not actually come together as a larger community and say hey where are you guys strong where are you guys strong maybe we can actually help boost each other's um connection to our communities and point to one another if if somebody comes here and i'm not i'm not feeling well hey there's there's that one or there's that one um so so point being I think there always should be a place for all people in any community because there's so many options out there. It's just, we're all trying to do the same thing. Well, maybe we shouldn't be doing the same thing. (laughs) Yeah, no, I love that. And I think, I think that's kind of, I mean, I think that's what a lot of people talk about. Like, like the reason why there's so many, like, I think, especially in the Bay, right. There's so many churches that are so close to each other. And I think a lot of the times they're and, and a lot of some of the churches are kind of small and they're like, why don't you guys just join together? Yeah. But I think there's they say, you know, we provide something different mm-hmm. for maybe a specific person or a group or, or whatever. And if they do join, then maybe they don't provide that. Right. But I guess mm-hmm. there's always like there's always an answer to that, too. Right. Sure. People sure. can always, people can always say you can go you can join together and then provide that space with them. Yeah. But yeah. Oh no, go ahead. Oh no, I, I was just affirming that. Like that's that's oh, so okay. true. Like the like our community, for instance, we have two services. One feeds the contemporary, and one feeds the tra- traditional, and we're going all in on both of those. But it's one church; it's under one roof. And and so what you're saying right now is also a very valid point, especially in the Bay Area, where like taxes and property just pain pain everything's so expensive there it almost makes more sense to be under one roof and like hey let's just congregate as smaller communities but same church you know you know i i hear that for sure um that's at the end of the day again though it's just i would say go your values what are what are your priorities what are you trying to move toward and what's going to accomplish that goal yeah definitely and i hopefully during this pandemic there's a lot of i guess self-reflection in in what people value in, in going to church, right? Mm-hmm. And hopefully, you know, when when there comes a time where we can actually gather together, we do see um, more people kind of realizing that and and accepting that and and making moves to coming out, mm-hmm. right? To to experience that community because I think yeah. a lot of people, I think as much as people did value community within church, I think a lot of people, like you said, they maybe that wasn't their their complete focus, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe that wasn't, maybe at that time, that community, they're like, mm, you know what? That community is always going to be there, but I need to do this instead. Hmm. And so hopefully, maybe during this time, they're maybe they're thinking like, oh, I can't wait to go back yeah. and and go to potluck, right? And, <laughs> yeah, and, let's go, let's go. Right, go to potluck <laughs> and, you know, just sit down and, and you know, just talk to people, right? Mm-hmm. Have that face-to-face interaction uh, with with people that you share common interests with, right? With people that yeah. you worship with yeah. and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to ask you just kind of a, a really, ra- not really random question, but, you know, there's always that, that East Coast, West Coast kind of debate <laughs> within, within sure. like, theology, thinking and whatnot. <laughs> 
and like churches and i know at kettering it is it is kind of like a sore thumb out in the midwest i feel like yeah. compared to compared to a lot of other churches so i mean this is right. like not not the best question for you <laughs> but but like you know you've you know you're taking seminary at mm-hmm. andrews right so you've i'm sure you've gone about and visited some areas and and i'm sure maybe you've met some people in that area mm-hmm. that are different because you know you grew up in california sure right you grew up in the west coast you you ministered in the west coast in the bay area mm-hmm. and so ha- has there been any differences that you've seen from working i mean i don't know if kettering's really you can say the east coast oh you're on eastern time so we'll say it's the yeah east i coast, thought it was right? east coast until i came here and they're like east coast that's it's like the- m- hundreds of miles away i'm like what are you talking about we're in the eastern time zone no this is midwest yeah. Oh, so, wow. but you know what? For for us in California, uh-huh. we'll say we'll say you're the East Coast, right? <laughs> That's hilarious. All right. We'll okay. Say you're the East cool. Coast Because cool. you are an Eastern time zone. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah. So, have did you or have you seen any differences within maybe churches or uh, maybe people's theologies or is that notion that East Coast West Coast is very different or are they all just pretty much the same? Um, that is an interesting question. Okay, so the first time I went to Walmart, two years ago, over two years ago now. Wow, that's crazy. I've been here for, that's crazy. Anyway, I just had a moment. Um, So yeah, about two years ago, I went to Walmart and I was going down an aisle and over in the meat section on the right hand side where all the food is, there was this lady with a cart who was who had her head down, her eyes closed, and uh, another lady who had her hand on the other lady's shoulder and the other hand, her left hand raised up and both heads bowed and they were praying together out loud in the middle of Walmart. And I'm like, what the heck is happening? This feels really uncomfortable. And I'm a Christian. Why are they praying at Walmart? And that's just speaking to the point that more than not, you're going to come across so many Christians in this area. Like every street corner, it seems like has a church. And so I would say in general, the culture is much more accepting and and open to the idea or the concept of Christianity and who God is as as an actual individual, as a personal Lord and Savior. Um, that's obviously not everybody, but it's a lot more uh, just normal. It's kind of what everybody is. Yeah, I'm a Christian. Whether or not I go to church, I'm a Christian. I would say that is definitely something that's different from here to California. Um, the other thing, like you're saying, we're kind of unique here at Kettering in that we, we, first of all, we have a lot of people who, who move here that have never lived in Ohio in their lives, uh, because of the net, the hospital here. Um, they recruit a lot of people from all over. And so it's kind of this melting pot of a bunch of different American cultures, but, um, yeah, I would, I would just say that's probably the most interesting thing is that Christianity is just just more normal and more accepted, I think. Uh, besides that, though, within the Adventist church context, I don't know if I could speak too much to that because all the churches I've ever been in kind of feel the same, kind of thinking forward and trying to applicable to this day and age and this culture. And being an Adventist pastor, of course, I don't really have the privilege to go to other churches and experience those other opportunities either. So, um Sorry to disappoint you, but it's all the same to me, honestly. And that's something I'm thinking I'm also realizing is the more I live different places, the more I realize everybody's just human. And 
it all feels normal. It sounds weird because it's far away, but it's like it's 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 just normal. It's the same. <laughs> no, I mean that's like that was just kind of like a random question I wanted to bring up, just because yeah. I think a lot of people do have like those thoughts in oh they're you know East Coast churches or. <laughs> are just so much more conservative or, you know, West Coast are so much more, <laughs> you know, progressive or liberal or whatever you want to yeah, say. But yeah. But I think to what you're saying is that, yeah, like, you know, everyone's human. Everyone's pretty much the same. I think you'll see both sides mm-hmm. a- anywhere, right? Absolutely. Everywhere. And we're actually the Columbia Union that I'm a part of is one of the few unions that ordains women. Super proud of that fact, by the way. Okay. So yeah, we're we're a little bit progressive around here, I think. So it's like it's pretty much like another California union. <laughs> it's like <laughs> yeah. a, a, a copycat. Uh, okay, okay. Copy. copy excuse not a, not me. A, not a copycat, <laughs> but it's like you know, it's like California in the Midwest, right? Yeah, yeah. Basically, we're we're the California of the Midwest. You could say I'm, that. I don't know if that. I want to say that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Um, <laughs> But yeah, no, I appreciate that thought. I it was just I was kind of curious because sure. you do always hear people. Oh, I know, I know, especially in like the Korean Adventist community, uh-huh. that's that's like a big discussion on on you know East Coast West Coast and yeah. people's thoughts. So I was you know on a bigger scale, kind of what that view was. Uh, but just to I I guess one last question to kind of mm-hmm. wrap it all up. Uh, for first, for you being an an on uh, a media worship pastor, um, who works in that ministry and in that space, and we mm-hmm. talked about, we talked about you know the future of it, and 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 all that. But for people right now, because you know the pandemic, who knows how much longer it's gonna go, right? Sure. And so for whoever's listening, maybe it's just my church, maybe it is someone another church per, a person that goes to another church that does have influence and whatnot. Do you have any advice advice for churches and their online presence? Yeah, absolutely. So I would say the first thing is uh, when I was in Sunnyvale church in, in the Bay area, I remember a visitor came and said, do you want to know why I came here instead of any of the other Adventist churches? I'm, I'm just here for the weekend. And I'm like, yeah, what's up? He's like your website. It was the most attractive one to me. And so that's why I came. I saw people on there and it looked clean. And so I came. So I would say your online presence is the first line of defense or offense, I guess, uh, whatever you want to call it. It is the first step into bringing people in the door these days. People look you up online before they actually step into your doors more times than not. And so I would say that's a very, very important element to your ministry anywhere you are. With that being said, not just your online presence, but talking about like the the church service or the videos and stuff like that. I think it's very, very important. Like I said earlier, I don't believe that online um, online church is is the future in that that's the end all be all. But I do see that as being a very, very important tool and vessel to elevate the experience and the community um, of the future. That doesn't mean, again, it's just that, but it means like, how do we utilize this opportunity to create more community rather than than just that's all we're doing? Um, and so like you're saying, you have friends and I have friends. I have friends now who say who go to this church and say, yeah, I watched Crosswalk. I don't remember the last time I watched our church service. I'm like, yeah, I'm not butthurt. I really not. Um, <laughs> but it's, it's like, yeah, it is important because it's it's a so. 
like I said, I don't see that as the end all be all. However, what I do see being is a very valuable tool to enhancing and elevating the experience of churchgoers and community and, and helping that experience. Now, one of the examples is I don't think the pandemic or the COVID-19 experience is going to go away anytime soon. And so this is all a lot of people have anyways. And even this, even so, there's a lot of stay-at-homes. There's a lot of people who are not going to feel comfortable coming back to church for a long time. And, and you want to give them the best experience that they can have too, right? It's, it's all that stuff. And the future is media. Even if it's not online is end-all be-all, it still is heavily oriented toward media. Think about it. You're on your phone all the time. You're on the computer all the time. More time in the day is spent at a screen than it is off a screen, I would suggest, except for when you're sleeping, of course, taking out that factor. And so, okay, if that is the case, if that is the reality, how do we reach people in that capacity? And I would say, if you're not prioritizing online experience, uh, you're not prioritizing media, then you are not embracing the future. Again, connection and community, I would say it's the number one, the number one thing for any church should be that focus. But with that focus, how do you utilize media to enhance that or to achieve that goal. And I think there are answers out there and I, I don't necessarily have them all, but I'm just, me with, along with the team I have here, we're, we're just trying, we're trying to figure out maybe what some of that answer is. You dropped some uh, heavy knowledge on us with that. <laughs> <laughs> but, and I hopefully, you know, hopefully maybe churches that do struggle in that uh, with their media presence. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe that's a better term, right? Their media presence yeah. as a po- or yeah, online presence too. Um, and I think you brought some great points in, you know, once this is over, not necessarily like online service, but, you know, what is your media like, right? Like, mm-hmm. what are you providing media wise? Yeah. Because like you said, everyone's on their screens. And I think more importantly, like, er- everyone's looking for short content too. Yes. Yes. Okay, everyone's looking for short content. Um, you know, TikTok's huge. Like, everyone just loves scrolling through that. And mm-hmm. it's quick. Right. And everyone's trying to find some sort of media outlet that will kind of fill what they need mm-hmm. and then go on. Right. Yeah. Um, but Timmy, thank you so much. We, I really do appreciate you coming on. Yeah, dude. I know our time. I know our time difference was a little, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, a, it's a little off, <laughs> but I really do appreciate you taking the time out of your busy schedule. Sure. You know, I'm sure, I'm sure you had a lot of editing to do and all that stuff, yeah. but we thank you so much. Hopefully people do appreciate you being on here and hopefully people do end up listening, but thank you guys so much for clicking on pressing play. Um, once again, check out all our other previous episodes. Um, they're all listed on our site on anchor.fm slash non podcast, but thank you so much again for tuning in. Really do appreciate it. We'll see you guys next time on niche on niche. Stay blessed. Stay blessed.